Well, hello and welcome to episode 208 of The Cool Room. It's the second of our live shows that we recorded out at the Williamstown Beer and Cider Festival. Again, a big thank you to Shane and all of the team out there who made us have such an enormously fun day out there. And a big thanks to my co-host Mick, who stepped up from the hypocrisy ranks to fill in for Mr Warren Wu. Look, we had a ball out there, as you'll hear. A really fun day and uh, these interviews that we recorded with Kaiju and Noodledoof, two of our favourite uh, Victorian breweries, uh, really give some insights and highlights of their beers from 2023 and where those guys see the industry going. We, as ever, uh, do note that when we do these live shows, sometimes the audio isn't up to the usual quality that we expect. And so, look, we hope you can uh, listen in and enjoy the podcast, despite the fact there's some background noise and background saxophonists that we refer to repeatedly. If you want to make sure that you can uh, enjoy a live show without those sort of sound effects, well, come and join us out at Hawker's. Uh, We're going to be out there to finish off 2023 on the evening of the 29th. 9th of December. Check our Facebook for more information about that. Tickets are available so that you can get some great Hawker's beer at a great price. Uh, and that's how we're going to be rounding off the year. A big thank you to everyone who has made 2023 so great in the call room. I think we'll have one more podcast come out before the end of the year. And then join us in 2024. Again, check the Facebook, check our Insta for some of the guests that we have lined up, both in terms of the online shows that we record on Thursday nights in the Zoom room and also live in the flesh shows. We've got some great ones already lining up in 2024. Look, without any further ado, let's get over to that giant hall full of saxophonists uh, that was the Seaworks in Williamstown and let's get underway with episode 208. Well, we're joined now by an old friend of the podcast, at least as a brewery, but a new representative, a new fun young representative of Kaiju Brewing. Uh, many, many times been on the show before. Go back and check the archives. Now represented by Matt. Matt, welcome to the show for the first time. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, look, for people who, for some reason, have no idea what Kaiju Brewing is about, Give us the backstory and uh, tell us how long you've been there. The backstory, uh, well, I mean, we're we're hop hop forward, hops uh, very far forward and way up there, way up there in the. Um, so I think the the most the famous story that Kaiju has is that uh, we sold the state out of Simcoe, making um, aftermath, but that was many years before I started. Uh, I've been there for three years, and now I am their senior brewer, I think is my official title. Um, yeah, that, that comes with us. It, 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 I guess it did at the time. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> they, they were kind to, to pay me as much as I'm worth, so that's um, just drinking fee, basically. Yeah, no, I've been paid the same rate for a long time. That's yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> you, and me, you and me both. The podcast is still yet to deliver, but, you know... Uh, 
how did you find your way out to Kaiju? What were you doing before? Were you a home brewer uh, by background? Or? I suppose uh, I was a carpenter. So I was a carpenter for 10 years, uh, building this is, houses. This is our very own version of Jesus. <laughs> uh, so a carpenter and now it's like, water in the beer. Yeah, genius. <laughs> it's really yeah, well-crafted. Um, <laughs> I was a carpenter. I wanted to... I guess start a brewery one day in a nursing home while I was... I don't want to start a brewery in a nursing home. I was working in a nursing home. I'm glad you clarified <laughs> because they, that was an origin story. I, I mean, mean, maybe they need one. I think every nursing home needs a brewery. Uh, and, uh, uh, unquestionably so. I mean, once you get ramps, then it's safe for everyone to wander around. Maybe maybe a distillery out the back as well. Yeah, but it's also got to be said that for people who are, who are listening to the podcast, obviously, rather than seeing us uh, in the flesh... They might be getting the impression that Maddie's 533 years old. Uh, that is, it's not the case. That is so the how age. old were you when you were working in this nursing home? 26, I want to say. 27, maybe? And maybe you were even. Inspired. I was inside. So, nursing homes are the same room over and over and over. So, I had a lot of time to think about what I wanted to do. And I was a very avid craft beer enthusiast at the time, uh, drinking a lot of kaiju, drinking a lot of everything, really. Um, and there's a small little brewery called Brownstone, which is run by uh, Hendo, the great, the, the great man Hendo, big, the biggest balls we're in not, the industry. We're not pumping up Hendo's tires, let's not we? pump them. Let's, let's let him back there. I'm wearing my brew cult T-shirt today. You should be remarkable. wearing that brew cult T-shirt. That oh, should I'm never come off. Get rid of the taste of vinegar. <laughs> Very good. So he 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 runs a um, uh, a fast track, I guess you could say, into the brewing Rock, industry. Rockstar Brewing. Rockstar Brewing. Um, and so my wife actually applied for that job on my behalf and he was kind enough to interview me and I was successful Uh, so I did that for a couple of years over COVID and then he hooked me up with Kaiju after that as a really good place to sort of well, no, Hendo, Hendo's been a great mate of Kaiju over the, he has over the been. course. He yeah, yeah. So. Um, and obviously a stalwart in the Australian brewing industry that's made some amazing beers. And the three of us here at the, at the uh, Cool Room podcast today are pretty happy to call Hendo a mate. That's good, yeah. Uh, absolutely, I used to have... And I think he's great, was man. the first beer I ever had on tap. I think he's in, uh, yeah, well, almost like a contract beer. But I, I think he's, I think he's in Fiji at the moment, so I hope you're enjoying it. I, I reckon no one, perhaps even the Hindu Fiji himself, knows where he is, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> But, is know. he Fiji or Bali? I saw it, saw it on the socials recently. He's a busy man. He's getting around. He's doing great things for the industry. And, um, yeah. He's... So, Matt, you obviously, you tasted, you were a kaiju fan before you went there. Yeah. But what does it mean to sort of get a first gig there? And for people who are, like, genuinely listening in from Thailand, from Norway, from Belgium today... Yeah, nice. Give them a bit of a feel for what kaiju is and what it means in the Melbourne beer industry. Because you're talking yeah. about a really important bedrock... Brewery. 100%. Well, so I'd say Aftermath was probably the beer I, I cut my teeth on the hardest. There was one of the first, my original three, I guess. So there was Pernicious Weed by Garage Project, was, yeah. a, was a froth I frothed. Uh, Stone um, Ruination was another one. And then Aftermath. Very hard to get fresh, but you get it fresh in Australia. It was delicious. But that, yeah. Uh, and then Aftermath was the, was the third little pillar of the triangle holding up the square of the brewing circle that I was I, interested I in at the time. Yeah. All the shapes. A, I've spent a lot of time over the years just waiting for Behemoth. Like, I love that beer. Yeah, 100%. So that's... We don't get to make that as much as we used to, but that is... When we do, 
that's what we do. Now, yeah, I reckon that's, that sort of jumps us ahead to one of the questions we were going to ask. We've yeah. got to come back and talk about the surveys for a minute, but yeah. you're saying you don't make that as much as you used to. Yeah. One of our sort of questions is, how do you see the beer market changing at the end of 2023? And I, I kind of feel like you've already given us a bit of a hint there. <laughs> no, there's no, no hints. I'm no beer strategist. Um, I, I'm hoping... This is this is personally this does not reflect the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is this your Twitter handle? It like, does not reflect the brewer. It does not reflect the brewer employee. Uh, there, I would say you know the market's quite flooded by um, you know single batch beers, which are they're by nature hit and miss. So you're paying you know at least fifteen bucks for any beer that that you're getting your hand hand on. Uh, and you don't, you honestly, you, you don't know if it's going to be good or not. So, um, something that I think Kaiju does is that they've got sort of the seasonal, seasonal kind of releases, which is a beer that you can't get the year round. And when you get it, you know for sure that it's going to be, you know, kick ass. Um, and do you think even just in terms of styles that people are trying, oh. are people moving away from some of that higher alcohol? And for that matter, is the market moving away from more expensive beers? I get. I mean, I guess everyone's trying to move away from more expensive anything at this point. But uh, they're not moving away from more expensive saxophones. I'll give you a tip well, on that. Yeah. Well, that's because they they play the best. The saxophone. <laughs> You, you can't sacrifice quality for anything on that thing. Uh, is are people moving away from expensive beers? I think, for, from what I've seen, people are looking at uh, getting a lot, a lot of cheap beer and a few expensive beers. So you, and you need those expensive beers to count. If you're forking out, you know, thirty bucks, forty bucks for a four pack, they better be worth it. And if they're not, then um, what are we doing? I think, cautiously for me, I've always found really consistent flavours of beer and you guys have got a new beer on the market which we're lucky enough to try at the moment and it's uh, Kaiju Beer Cerveza. The Cerveza. Yes. Yeah, Tell me about it. Um, yeah. I'm actually quite excited for this beer uh, and Nat I know is very excited for it. In fact, every everyone is quite excited for it. So it's just the, the pinnacle of nothing stands out to you and it's just a smash and like there's no fault with it whatsoever so everything is absolutely on point with this beer there's, there's the, nowhere to hide in this sort of style of beer nowhere at all and so like we we spend many months trying to hone it in the yeast is exactly perfect the salts are bang on point everything's just exactly balanced so that when you you're taking a sip you sort of didn't realise you had that sip, but you know that you're better off than you were a couple of seconds ago. I, I was almost expecting a clear <laughs> bottle and uh, yeah. a barbecue and someone hands it to me. I think, uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, we sold the bottling line before I got there, so there's no clear bottles coming. But um, it's still, you know, we're not using Tetra Hop, so clear bottle's not really an option to us anyway. Everything's still traditional, and, you know, hops, I mean, in, hops you in the got, kettle. You guys have got one of the, the most state-of-art canning lines in Australia from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, it is a... And it's, uh, it's growing as well, yeah. What do we got? The Crohn's 16 head, the big dog. It's pumping out, I can't remember how many cans, but more than our packing line can keep yeah, up with. You don't want to work the pack line, you want to stay on the brew line. <laughs> no, that's it. So when we started, we were on the little Cody, and that was um, sort of one man could handle packing, refilling, packing. That was all good, but the, 
the Crohn's is a is a bigger beast, and that's you know. And, and I imagine I imagine a beer like this, Cerveza, would be flying at uh, Kaiju Beer and Pizza. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I was about to ask: Is this sort of beer just sort of almost was, designed was for the venue? I, I was actually out there last <laughs> night, and um, it was busy. It was a. Hang on, Mick. You left Williamstown. I know, but I, I'm working down north south, and uh, that's which is down the road from the uh, the actual Kaiju Brewery. But yeah, their, their brew pub. Kaiju beer and pizza. I mean, it's not too far it, from it's a, it's a great venue, and it was a terrible night of traffic in Melbourne last night. The yeah. weather, yeah, the weather was unkind. To you know, eighty percent of people forgot how to drive because it rained. Yep. And um, and I, I was lucky enough that I had to uh, to drop in work related, and then I stayed as hunter related. Nice. Um, I mean, a fantastic venue. That's how you do it. It, it helped ease my drive home. It is a wonderful venue, there. just around the corner from one of the major splat ball centres in uh, Melbourne. Splat ball is that? Uh, as a father of a 12 year old, there are often times where it's like, who's taking my son to splat ball? Uh, well, I know I can walk to the cantina from here, so. Well, we're not cantina, it's beer and pizza now. Beer and pizza. We change it up. Uh, yeah, I think there was a lot of taco related questions, and we're. Pizza exclusive, so, well, so I say exclusive. The other thing we sell is beer, and so the name Beer and Pizza, it's, it's a no-brainer. Right. <laughs> the good thing about being the host is you can edit your wrong question that's out later. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what, what we're so the, the Cerveza 100% was born out of there, so that's our little pilot kit sitting in the Beer and Pizza venue. Uh, I cannot recall how many batches of this we did trying to tweak her get her right but uh, Mick's um, shaking his head about the saxophone oh I'm mate, sorry if oh, I owned a saxophone this is what I'd be doing old mate with a saxophone's back and it makes it really hard when we're broadcasting live um, well, he's got does, an expensive one that is it does, it does prove to you all that we are coming to you live from the Bolivia Festival um yeah and what a time sweet uh, sweet Caroline stun badly well, but good enough for my own people. When I was playing lawn bowls last week, there was an Elvis band at the bowls club, and I declared, and I'm no great Elvis fan, but there should be a law that you're not allowed to play Elvis until you've passed a license. You should not be allowed to butcher that band. <laughs> and Neil Diamond, I'm a bit more open to the butchering of. And possibly if you're the travelling band at a beer festival, you should look to the people doing the, doing the podcast live and go, oh, we'll, come, we'll come some slack and... Stand there and turn the horn straight at them. Because they're trying, they're looking for fame too. They're just the same as anyone. <laughs> now, Les, we've got two magnificent kaiju beers today. We're having some laser. But tell us what else you brought us. We brought the meta. I, mine disappeared because that is the nature of meta around the brewery. Uh, we've... I don't want to say we've reimagined it. We have modernised it. So it was 6.7%, and now it is 6.2%. And that affected VB, and all their punters hated it real bad when they went down in alcohol. But this is a no-compromise beer. It's gone from 67 to 6.2%. The, the, the mold bill has lightened up, and the hops have punched up a class as well. Uh, and that's So I guess that's in keeping with the... Um, the, the West Coast IPA style modernising. So, like, ten years ago, your West Coast IPA was a heavy malt, heavy bitter, just a massive punch in the face. And it was a great time, but now we've all matured as a, as a craft beer family, and we want, we want a lighter malt bill, 
so that the hops shine harder and fresher, and that's sort of, I guess, what Meta's doing now. A little bit more modern. We talk to U.S. brewers who are saying the same thing. We call it sort of Generation 3 of the West Coast IPA. Yeah. And the the hops really pop on this one. They do pop, yeah. So So what hops are we having? What are we having? There is Columbus, (laughs) Hot Side Columbus, Citra, Mosaic, Dry Hop, Strata, Eldorado, uh, and Nelson from memory that's that's throwing some great hops there's yeah so uh, I guess in the dry hop we we were trying to make everything pop and the best way to make it pop is uh, not to just chuck a 60 gram a litre dry hop at it it's to choose your hops correctly so they work in harmony and you just you get them in you get them out They've done their thing, and it just pops, and that's what we're tasting. And so it's yeah. still, I mean, the, the idea was to keep the, the tasting notes, you know, the same. So you're still rocking pine, you still got resin, but now you've got this, this new citrus and, um, I guess, grapefruits coming through, tropical fruits coming through, just the, the modern hop aroma, the modern hop flavor trying to... I'd, um, I'd certainly tell people to get around it because this is like popping and it's super fresh and yeah. it's, it's a really delicious beer, so well yeah. done. Yeah. Um, how, how hands on a, a Nat and Cal? Uh, every day they uh, come in. Cal hassles me every time he sees me about how the beer is tasting. Can you they pour me this? To the podcast. You can talk okay. about them. Yeah. Well, maybe they will. Cal- <laughs> oh, we, we can get Honestly, real- we On the can- floor, Cal has a nightmare to deal with. He just comes up to me, grabs me by the throat and says, you pour me a beer from this fermenter. Which one is this? We, we can be really scary and ask how <laughs> Fee treats you at the brewery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the nicest people at the brewery? Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can ask me that. Oh, my, um, my little boy still calls her <laughs> Lady Owner and he's... Lady Owner? Lady Owner. No. <laughs> Um, Fee, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> not yet, you're not, but soon. Um, but you're going to get called Lady Owner in the brewery now. <laughs> yeah, that's right, everywhere now. Uh, no, so, uh, what do we say? Cal, Cal's, Cal wants to know how everything's tasting, how we can make it better. So his philosophy is very much each batch of beer we make is the best batch of that beer we've ever made. And that is, uh, I guess that is something that resonates with me, especially working at Kaiju if I make a good beer, that's... I hate myself. This Every beer needs to be the best beer. Um, I'm not happy enough with, you know, that's that's okay. Everything needs to sparkle and pop. And so when we had the, the general meeting a few weeks ago, and, and when that was one of the core values of each batch is the best batch, that was sort of a sign to be that's, like, okay, yeah, let's keep that's pushing. That's a really admirable let's thing. I think every craft brewery should be... Yeah. Trying to be better every time. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah. Can that, I ask one that, no, like, yeah. with this beer, now that you've sort of done a tweak with the recipe, yeah. is it is the recipe now set in stone? Or no. do you think it's going to move a little bit? Well, it's just tweaking. It's tweaking yeah. every time. Is it's tweaking. Is there a tweak you'd make already? Is there something in the back of your head where you go... Yeah, so the, the addition of Nelson is, uh, is a new one. Um... One of my favourite hops. Yeah. Generally. Well, it works. So it works particularly well with Citra... And mosaic, I guess, which is both both the dry hops. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, it's a constant tweak, and it's a you know, as soon as I'm happy with it, it's going to keep getting better. Like it, we, we don't we don't sort of stop. And that's 
Nat's, um, Nat's contribution is just, this is, you know what I'm looking for. Here's the license to do what you want to do. Tell me what you want to do. This is what you want to do. This is how we do what you want to do. And so it's just feeding back and forth and, um, yeah, just uh, never stop. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think as a, as a brewery with a, a broad core and a lot of seasonals, yeah. if, you're, um, if you're reaching into the fridge and it's not a Kaiju beer, what's coming out of your hand? It's not the ruination anymore. We don't get it's that. It's not the ruination anymore. I don't anymore. think we see the pernicious weed over here that much these uh, days. There's so. a couple, but they're not they're not hella fresh. Oh, not that I've found. What am I grabbing? Uh, honestly, anything I grab is for R&D, so... Um, well, that, that's yeah. for tax purposes. Yeah. It's for my purposes. And, uh, <laughs> and for partner purposes. It's always yeah. Can... Well, that's it. So, yeah, my, my wife's quite partial to a, a raspberry sour. That's her go-to. So any old raspberry sour I see, I pick one of those up, and she tells me if it's better or worse than um, the raspberry rampage. Uh, what else? Any West Coast IPA that I haven't had or that I have had? Um <laughs> Yeah, picking those up, and then a, a New Zealand pilsner is hard to say no to when they when they come around because they're rare. And that's, a New Zealand pilsner that's with a little touch of Nelson's velvet, just like a little, little, just a whisper of Nelson. Yeah, the, uh, the old pops on point from Garage <laughs> Projects. And you get, you get dragged in next week, and uh, Nat and Kel will listen to this, and they've uh, yeah, they've I've, had, I've had to move on. Yeah, they've abused you. Which tree says? <laughs> Yeah, well done. I'm going to open up the purse strings. Santa's bringing you a present. What um, what do you what do you reckon the brewery would ask Matt and Cal to to shout them for a Christmas present for the brewery for the brewery? Yeah. For the not for you. I mean, not for you. Not for me. For, for the, the brewery. You want a bottle of whiskey? We got that. Yeah, that's. Uh, th- I've already thanked you for that. Um, for the brewery, what are we doing? I think a bigger cool room. We got a lot of we got a lot of product in there. Bigger cool room is always the right answer. We got a lot of product. We got a lot of product. We're gonna have on the back of the next T-shirt. And here you are at the cool room podcast. We're at the cool room. Bigger cool room. Without a second. We need a mega cool room. Yeah, I'd say so. We're just. I mean, we we've we've been expanding step by step. So we got bigger tanks. After bigger tanks, we got a bigger pack line. Now we we gotta get a bigger cool room to ease up on the packaging guys. Who shout out to the packaging team, do an outstanding job of keeping beer fresh. Everything that's on the shelf now is insanely fresh. Uh, Dios are down, uh, yeah, and it's a it's been tricky. It's and, been a learning curve for and sure. Is there, is there something that the listeners should be looking out for in 2024? Like what? What are you going to hit us with next year? Uh, what are we? Or is it a state secret? Do uh, I know? No That's one. the question. <laughs> we won't put um, this out for months. Well, I mean, Monday. I, guess, <laughs> I guess it's just that, um, you know, the idea of each batch is our best batch. I, I'm going to say the, the new meta is my pick of what you should be drinking because that thing, any short fill in the cool room does not last very long. It just disappears, so... I'd, I'd say with your camming on this, but we're all short fills. <laughs> well, you're, yeah. you're calling it that, well, but they're not really if, right. If I, if, if I have to put one in a box, sometimes that box hits the floor, and that's that's not suitable for our customers. So, sadly, that goes on the staffy palette. 
Well, Matt, it's fantastic to have uh, you on the show. Yeah, it's fantastic you. to have Kaiju back on the show. We won't talk about the incident, uh, which is my incident with Kaiju, back in the day when I uh, brewed a lot of black beer to celebrate Metallica coming to Marvel Stadium. And, uh, and then the team uh, from Metallica went into rehab for alcohol poisoning. And oh, no. I, uh, I had a lot of 6.66%, oh, no. my kind of monster beer to get rid of. But genuinely, one of the greatest breweries in Melbourne. Great to have you on the show, Matt. Thank Look you, brother. following your career. Yes, you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks, Rob. up today, we're very excited to have the return of Noodledoof, uh, who, as I had to explain to my wife, is one word spelt exactly like you think it is. Episode 143, I believe, was the last time that we had you on. That means it's about 60 episodes, and that means that you would have been on during the time that we do not speak of, uh, i.e. COVID. But here we are, we're at Williamstown Beer Festival. We're excited to be in a big space with hundreds of people. And, well, we've got um, One saxophonist. Now, Mick, you were out <laughs> wandering the floor here. You picked Noodledoof. Why did you pick Noodledoof? Well, I think, I think if I was a punter here, I'd be like, what the hell is a Noodledoof? But I'm also, I'm also lucky enough that uh, a really good mate of mine, Mark, who uh, I spent a lot of uh, the time we don't talk about walking dogs when we weren't supposed to walk with each other, and he, in between various lockdowns, had stayed in Warrnambool and did a bit of a, a day trip and came back with some beer and went, I bet you haven't heard of these guys. <laughs> and I went, shit, I, I thought I kind of knew what was going on, but no, you're right, I haven't heard of these guys. And he's like, they're brand new and these are their beers. And with a social distance, we, we, we walk the dogs and the kids... And I got to try uh, Noodle Duff for the first time, and I went, holy hell, that's some really tasty beer. So I, I want to know more. Uh, yeah, well, I guess the goal that we always have is to brew tasty beer. Um, so every beer that we um, approach, uh, yeah, we want to aim for balance and, and ultimately just make it as delicious as possible. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad you really enjoyed it. And uh, how does that represent itself in the first beer that we have in front of us? What are we, what uh, are we drinking and how does that represent yes. what Noodle Duff's about? Yeah, so this is a very tasty beer. This is, like, probably my new favourite, so... I, I think it might be my new favourite for yeah. today. Yeah. yeah, it's an absolute ripper. It's a pretty pretty good one. It's not on tap today, but, um, uh, it's yeah, it's definitely a standout. Um, it's got Eclipse in there. Um, we really love the Eclipse hop. We use it in our pale ale. Um, I kind of think Eclipse has everything you need for a West Coast-style IPA. It has a bit of pine, a bit of citrus, uh, grapefruit notes. Um, You're getting a bunch of the sea hops out of one hop. One hop. It's almost like a, a, a single hop, but you've got like three or four hops crammed into one. I, I, um, think, I think Hypocrisy might look at their IPA recipe and start utilising Eclipse. Yeah, so, yeah we, we love it. Um, we've used it a lot. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this this beer is um, essentially a West Coast IPA. Um, it's got a touch more um, black malt just to give it a bit of colour. Um, the well, idea is, is a solid malt base in that, and you can yeah. see it and yeah. you can taste it. Yeah. And we've been sorry to interrupt, but we've That's been right. talking about obviously today different kinds of West Coast IPAs. There's a number of brewers who've brought them. This has probably got the most colour out of all the ones that we've had in front of us today. I think. 
and, and, and probably harking back to that almost old school, for want of a better term, where I'm getting really good residual bitterness on it. Yep. Um, some of the other ones we've seen today, so a lot of malts, more floral, uh, a little bit more citrus going on, and this this is like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting transported back to sort of a torpedo. Yeah, well, I was going to say back to. I talk about generations via West Coast RPAs that annoys people a lot. Yeah. But I do think of that sort of Sierra Nevada, particularly. Yeah. The torpedo and those first generations RPA, of like Great, great residual bitterness in it. Yeah. Um, Genuine resininess, if you yeah. want to explain what resin means, and, yeah. that's what I this mean, beer would be an example of it. Yeah, but it it's also doesn't sort of uh, accumulate on the palate yep. as well. So um, um, it, finishes it, it finishes clean. So you've got this bitterness there, but it doesn't overwhelm. So it, um, the way we've tried to brew it is, uh, is um, yeah, so you get you get that bitterness. You get the, it's, a, it's sort of like a balance of all the flavours. Um, you don't want to overdrive anything. So if you're going for bitterness... You don't want it to hang around and keep adding up every sip. You want it to just slowly disappear, and you just keep going back for more. I know you, you, you can tell me to like stare at it and uh, <laughs> and yeah, stare directly at this beauty and like for an eclipse. Like, please at home, do not stare at eclipses. <laughs> but uh, if you've got I this think eclipse, you've had that this time. <laughs> if you've got this eclipse, like stare at it, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with the can. Like, yeah. it's something I want to look at, and I want to smell, and I want to taste, and enjoy it. Yeah, the, the touch extra colour was, yeah, the, uh, behind the name, so, like, sort of the ring around the Eclipse is kind of that sort of almost red, almost amber, but it's, like, it's it's verging on that colour, but it's almost like that old-school IPA colour as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And um, for people who are home brewers, we often, you know, we've got so many listeners who are, is this just a recipe that you wrote and you knew it worked, or is there some tweaking? Tell us about how you deal with all of these newish hops and newish sort of thing. How do you make a beer like this work? Yeah, so um, I guess with our IPAs, I've been I've been really... Um, I feel like when we first opened, we were making good IPAs. They weren't great. Um, and I've just been really trying to focus on uh, recipe and process. Um, you know, like process is probably the most important part of brewing. Um, recipes also take, take notes, home brewers. Yeah, like genuinely. Yeah, this is. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, we just focus down on our on our process, um, and we've tweaked so many different things. I probably couldn't name them all. Um, but yeah, we sort of stuck on a winning formula. We did a fresh chop beer um, with. So noodles has a farm uh, down the road in Karoit, and we grow some hops. And we went up to the hop farm tour in Myrtleford and we did a side-by-side. We did a Galaxy and a Farm Fresh hop. So the Farm Fresh hop was our hops and the Galaxy was obviously Galaxy. If, if, I, was, if I was heading down to that, that part of Victoria, which is a beautiful part of Victoria, yeah. can, I, can I come and have a beer at the bar? For sure, yeah. We've got a tap room, brewery, distillery. Yeah, great little venue. So, um, yeah. Uh, I did see when I, when I walked up there to say, hey, it's your turn, come down. I did see a, a bottle of what looked like a whiskey on the bar. Yes. yes. So my wife thanks you that you didn't bring it to the table today, but <laughs> on my way out, if, if you'd be so kind. Yes. More than welcome to have a, have a try. Um, yeah, that's another thing. Like, um, yeah, our spirits, uh, our whiskey, um, yeah, we really take uh, pride across all of our products trying to... It's, it's really just Sam and I, um, brewing, distilling. We do everything... Um, 
across the whole business. And, and he's selling it today. Selling it, yeah. It's it's pretty uh, non-stop, hectic lifestyle, especially with uh, small kids and stuff, but um, and I, and we make it work. I did see as I wandered around, like, you guys had a solid line there, so, like, I mean, I, I've got only one of your beers in front of me, and I can see where you had a line just on that, but, yeah, yeah well done. It's, I, yeah, we find um, any festival we go to, I mean, we do get a lot of people going, oh, I've never heard of you guys, who are you? But they try a beer, and we get a lot of repeat customers uh, throughout the day, a lot of people coming back. We end up having a bit of banter and rapport with those people as well, um, but we just seem to, you know, like, once people try our stuff, um, um, they obviously and then, uh, resonate then with for it. The, for the listener in Thailand who hasn't gone back to episode 163, <laughs> can we just 143. 173 is a debacle of an episode. No. <laughs> Do you remember every episode? No, I have no idea. So one, one, <laughs> one, one four, to, I had to get my wife to Google what number you were on. 143, but can we go back to where does the name come from? Okay, yeah, so I might have given it away before saying Noodles is Farm, uh, but essentially it's our nickname, so Noodles uh, is Sam, uh, because he got that name because he's got long noodly arms playing football, take a few speckies or whatever. It's a very Australian name. Like, yes. If you're listening from Thailand... You may not get how nicknames work in Australia, but yeah. basically, we find your most prominent feature and yeah. are kind of funny about it. Yes. He's got curly hair as well. I always thought it was like the curly kind of two-minute noodle hair, but I was wrong. This is his arms, apparently. Uh, and Doof um, was actually a, a derogatory slur towards me as Doofus. Uh, when I first started going out with my girlfriend, now wife, uh, his brother, uh, her brother, and um, all his friends... Um, kind of thought I was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a dullard. Um, a, a doofus. A doofus. I bet you now that you've got a brewery, they love you. They love me, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it quickly turned into a um, endearing do- doof, and um, they all, we all got along really well. I think uh, well, our, ne- our graphic designer, who does an amazing job, was... Um, is, is that your aunt or your uncle or your great-grandson? Yeah, so this is Everyone's part of... Everyone's in the family, is my memory. Well, this is almost part of the family, but um, he was actually um, Claire's brother's friend, and he was actually keen on Claire at the time, and he gave me that nickname because he, he didn't really um, like me coming on the scene. But now we're, like, really good mates. He does all our graphic design. He does an amazing job. Um, and you remind him regularly that... Well, he's got an amazing wife now okay. as well. So, yeah. And how are She's... the other 468 members of the family who contribute to Noodledus? Uh, it is a family affair. Like, our, um, my wife uh, does socials. Um, Bianca sort of organises taproom events. Um, we've got some amazing staff members as well. There's also um, a few other family members who help out and assist with events. And, yeah, Sam's uh, mother-in-law does all of our HR um, father-in-law does all of our uh, accounting, bookkeeping. So we've got we've got a bit of help there. But um, so I don't if know. it all goes really well, the family love you. If it all goes terrible, <laughs> yeah, you're disowned. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's it definitely hasn't been an easy run for us opening in November 2019. Um, so I think you know, like we're working our way through as a small bu- uh, small business, small brewery. Not a heap of capital investment. Um, it is, it is sort of do or die in, as a sense. So we have to figure out new ways to to keep keeping the game, keep open, uh, keep doing what we love. Are, are you getting good local support? Uh, we are getting some great local support. Um, I think initially 
Um, the southwest where we were, uh, down near Warrnambool, Port Ferry, Caroit, um, the craft beer scene, to be honest, there wasn't a heap. There was a few craft beer nights at the Cali Hotel. Um, I, I, I sold Cali beer a while ago. Yeah, yeah. So there was a few there, um, but, you know, no craft bottle shop. And just this year, there's a bottle shop in uh, Warrnambool called uh, Grape and Barley. Opened a great craft bottle shop. Uh, selling barley wine section down there. There's Gavin. a bit of barley wine. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> you you shout, out, shout out to them for helping the Southwest for getting yeah. some awesome beer. Yeah, so shout out to Simon. Um, yeah, we're really stoked to have uh, sort of a, a bottle shop that's driving craft beer. Because, I, I mean, I've always struggled to find beer I wanted to drink. I had to come to Melbourne, to be honest. Well, that, so. that leaves me... My, my next question <laughs> would be, like, when when Noodledorf isn't in your hands... Yes. What is... That's a really tough question. Um, I really, anytime I try to uh, drink something, it's it's sort of almost, you know, you get that research kind of thing where you're like, you're That's trying to... For tax purposes. Yeah, for yeah. tax purposes. I mean, you know, yeah. you just write it all off for tax. Jim Chalmers, if you're listening, don't worry, it's legit. That's the yeah. only reason self, I became a brewer. He's got these notes, he's writing them down. Yeah. My accountant calls it cellar pellet. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I like anything... Um, you know, I like I like any style. Um, yeah, great examples of any of them. It's it's hard for me to pinpoint uh, one brewery. Um, but we're putting another beer in front of us. Um, the colour on this is magnificent. You brought two beers down to our table here at the Williamstown Beer Festival today. What are we having next? And um, gee, I love I, I genuinely love the way you guys do your labels. It's um, they're really good looking labels. Yeah, I think, um, to be honest, uh, I think we've got one of the best graphic designers in the country. Yeah. Um, I re- I, obviously, he's my mate, so well, I, I might say, be biased. I'd say keep him. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not really... Uh, I think he is essentially a part of our brand. Like, um, our brand is him. I've given him full creative control over labels. Um, we work together. I tell him what it's about. He knows what I'm doing. He knows what I want to achieve. He also knows what um, Sam and I both really like. Um, and time and time again, he just come, keeps coming up with all these different ideas and tweaks on um, different themes and even keeping like some themes between different uh, styles of beers. Um, but yeah, I mean, they definitely pop out in a really uh, loud and leery uh, craft beer fridge uh, in a bottle shop. Uh, they still manage to find it. Yeah, and it's really hard to stand out these days. So, yeah. Now you put a coffee stout in front of us. Yes. Um, it's one of those styles which uh, people who don't make beer don't understand how tricky it can be to get right. Like it's one of those ones you go, oh, that's lovely. I love all the flavours, but they're not an easy beer to make. No. Yeah. Co- um, coffee's tell- a tricky one. Yeah. Yeah. Even just in terms of what it can do to a head and like. When you put the coffee in, what form you put it in, yep. it's a really tricky thing to get right. Can you give us a bit of an idea about well, how you make this beer and um, what we should be tasting in the glass in front of us? Yeah, so this beer, the idea is essentially an iced coffee. It um, it has it's a really smooth, like soft, round palated beer. Um, it's got uh, coffee which we put in the whirlpool. Um, we put that in sort of late in the whirlpool so it doesn't oversteep. And then by the time um, 
the whirlpools, um, obviously the transfer's happening, the beer's going to the fermenter, um, the coffee's there, sort of... Is there anything you can say about the coffee? Is it a... Oh, it's Moto Bean Coffee, um, so um, they were in Malmesbury, I think they've moved now, so it's really great coffee, um, yeah, really solid... Um, Give them a shout-out, because they're, yeah. they're looking after the beans and Absolutely. doing a good job there. Some great beans in there. Um, yeah, so it's... Yeah, so they get off the off the hot uh, hot wort really quickly, so it's not over steeping, over extracting. Um, we also round everything out with uh, vanilla, so the vanilla sort of softens. What um, form does the vanilla come in? Again, I know I'm asking you. But yeah, no, if it's you're a home brewer, you're listening. Completely like, is fine. It, is it, you're putting a vanilla flower in, or you're putting a bean in, or you're putting I, vanilla extract in. How does that work? I actually get vanilla bean row. So like the, the center of the vanilla, yeah, the the stuff um, the stuff you want. Um, so you can buy that basically as a bag. It's pretty bloody expensive. Um, it's I super, think that means it's really bloody expensive. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. thank Christ you're not putting saffron on there. No, no. <laughs> um, and then also like to round everything out, it does have a touch of lactose. I try and restrain myself with lactose because to me. It can get heavy-handed and overused. Um, it is a very small amount, but it, it just makes sense in this beer. Um, well, it'll give you give you that little sweetness and balance out yeah. and round out the beer a little and bit. And round out the beer, um, yeah. But overall, it, it's sort of not acrid, not um, not too roasty. Um, you got the coffee. Yeah, it's it's a yum beer. I really it's like. It's a really difficult. Like I used to make coffee cocktails, and I was trying to make a cocktail that wasn't like an espresso martini. Yeah, and it was so hard to actually figure out how to get the coffee right. We were looking like almost for a cold brew sort of. So, it so lucky, hard to get right. I've made espresso martinis, and the best result I've had is Nescafe Forty Three. Well, genuinely, I can believe that, and I've always had a big theory that uh, instant coffee is a completely different drink to coffee. Yeah. But if you don't mind it, and I don't mind, I've been to many union meetings where I've just drunk instant coffee uh, with lots of milk, which, with lots of sugar, which is not how I take my coffee. <laughs> but, um, no, I think that's a, a really delicious beer. Colour's great, head retention's great. Um, it's been really popular I, I today. Love, I love that sort of creme. I, I can imagine, like, it's... It's a balmy day in Williamstown. It's um, it's getting smashed. Like we, it's, it's hot. It's balmy, and people, we, are, we people had, are going for it. We had a 26 degree day with the threatened of thunderstorms and uh, high humidity and a cold iced coffee. Yeah. It's kind of like that's the pickup I needed to get me through the afternoon. And to feed into one of the long-running discussions in the cool room, like, you know, stout and coffee stout can be a summer drink. Yeah. Like it's, you've got to serve it right and drink it right. Yes. I think um, one of the great things about uh, being in Kuroit, I mean, obviously it's a hard being in a small town, but uh, Irish population uh, means that we can have stout on all year round. Um, I never intended iced coffee stout to be uh, all year round beer, but because of the, um, I think the heavy Irish population, um, stout isn't uh, something that's not considered in summer. Uh, well, it, it doesn't get that warm down there, let's be honest. I, I'd suggest <laughs> to the population of Croyd that uh, this beer is not just a breakfast drink. No. <laughs> 
we want to ask before we wrap up, we know you're under the pump over there on the stand today, which is a credit to you. It means that lots and lots of people here at the Williamstown Beer Festival want to taste these beers. But tell us what you've got planned for 2024, not just in the fermenters, but for the venue, for the town. What should we, you know, why should people be coming down and visiting in 2024? So I think 2024, um, we've really just, um, we're really doubling down on our community-based events. Um, we found them to be really uh, well received. Um, so we're going to keep pushing to engage the community and have community-run and also like involved events. Um, that seems to be the way we can get uh, a lot of people into the tap room. Uh, a lot of people feel engaged with the brewery and, and love being there. Um, yeah, so, and I think beer-wise, uh, we've got a few collaborations on the back burner now. So I think, you know, like, the opening when we did, we don't talk about the time. Um, but we, we, I mean, I had a few industry connections, but um, we weren't going to festivals. We weren't seeing other brewers. Um, we weren't collaborating um, like we should be. And, like, since everything's uh, a bit more open talking to other people, having conversations and so we've got a few um, uh, collaborations on, on the cards with a few beers and yeah, I think we'll just keep try and keep doing what we're doing and, and brewing, you know, a variety of seasonals and yeah, loving what we well, do. I know I only got to try two of your, your beers for the podcast. I'm, I'm knocking off shortly. Um, I've got the, uh, the, the long traits home. Um, people coming for dinner, so I've got to get home. But I will make it a point to have my final beer at the Williamstown Beer Festival with Noodledoff. Oh, it's good to hear. And a whiskey. Well, I am. <laughs> Damn right. Well, there's a bloody endorsement. There's a way to put a little bow on the end of this part of things. Uh, it's been great to have you back on the show. And, uh, well, if Mick's declaring that's his final beer of the festival with so many great breweries here, then uh, take that as the compliment that it genuinely is. Oh, thank you. <laughs>